podcast is powered by monkeyknifefight.com. Woo! We ain't playing. We turning all the way up on this one. Here we go. Hey! Uh, we make plays every day, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We make plays every day. Yeah. Every day. We make plays every day. Pushing that boulder all the way uphill. So we reach the apex. We make plays every day. You know what I'm talking about? No ceilings. Hey. 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 Welcome, welcome to the real fantasy playmakers. I am your host, Bogart Sky Free. And man, it's always a pleasure and always an honor. Always a good time turning up with my man, a regular here on the on the real fantasy playmakers. Playmaker through and through. It's my man Joe from Turn Up the Jets. What's happening, Joe? Oh God, what's good, my man? Appreciate you having me on again. Very excited to be back, and let's get into it. Can't wait. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, you know, I don't I don't know, playmakers, if you're a little slow out there, but my man Joe from Turn Up the Jets is a Jets fan. You know what I mean? Hence the name. You know what I'm saying? He you know, you know, actually, you know, maybe people might have read Turn Up the Jets and maybe thought she was like some type of pilot or some shit. But either way, we are gonna be talking about the 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 possible pilgrimage of uh Niners uh uh culture, right? You know, th- heading on over to the New York Jets. You know what I'm saying? Uh, for those of you who aren't aware, you know, Robert Sala's over there. He brought over Mike LaFleur as well. You know what I mean? And um, they're sitting pretty with the second pick overall. Multiple picks in the first round. You know what I mean? Uh, my Niners, we're, we seem to have plateaued due to injury. But now there's a pilgrimage of coaches and players heading on out. So all that in a nutshell, we're going to break that thing down. And uh, just, you know, kind of speculate and, uh, you know, create some narratives on some 2021 Jets and 2021 Niners. Before we get to all that, handle the quick housekeeping. Follow me at the GMM Network on IG and Twitter. You can subscribe to the GMM Network on YouTube. Hit that notification. Like, subscribe, all that shit. Um, Also, check us out on the Run Boys Fantasy Network. You know, we going live multiple times a week. You know what I mean? Shout out to to Admiral Robbie J. Shout out to the rest of the gang, man. That's the family over there. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, you see Bogart. I'm a part of the pirate gang, and we sailing the seven seas of the sports industry. Also, check us out at rumboys.com. That's where you're going to find all our latest and greatest articles, and that's where you're going to find our merch. And you know what I'm saying? Use rumboys or promo code rumboys. Get you some free shipping on some fresh, drippy swag. Also, shout out to our sponsor, Milk and Honey TX, for all your CBD wellness, all your CBD goodness. Head on over to MilkandHoneyTX.com. You know what I'm saying? I'm actually about to light up something in a few here. And before we get to our special guest, our reoccurring regular guest, Joe from Turn Up the Jets, I want to remind you, playmakers, what you heard in the beginning of this podcast, this joint is powered by MonkeyNightFight.com. Use promo code GMM and we'll match that first deposit all the way up to $50. Get in on this legal, legit daily fantasy sports prop action. We got NBA in full effect right now. We got Super Bowl left of the NFL. Squeeze all the juices out while you can. Playmakers from the NFL, and we also got hockey and and, and everything else. Uh, baseball coming, uh, you know, coming pretty soon here as well. It's all going down. Promo code GMM once again. Monkey Night Fight. Give me money, Joe. Let them know where they can find you. 
Hell yeah, man. You can find me at, at Turn Up the Jets on Instagram. And also, um, I run a podcast at Turn Up the Facts. Bogart has, of course, already been on. You can find me there on YouTube. And I'm on Twitter, just my normal name, Joe underscore, underscore sorry, Skirdo. So I'm on those three platforms. You can go find me. I also write for a few sites as well. I write for the Jets. I write a little baseball. So kind of doing a little bit of everything here. So I appreciate all the support uh, I can I can get. Oh, yeah, man. That's man. That's awesome, bro. I love that. Uh, playmakers, I want you all to look at my man, turn up the Jets right here and realize that he he is a perfect example of, uh, you know, you put yourself in position. You know, you, you know, you obviously went to school and you're, you're you know, you're taking a lot of the tools that you learned and, and got from school and you're applying them to what you're doing now. And I, I just I want to commend you for that. Playmakers, you know, what I'm saying. Y'all need to y'all need to get your life together and be more like my man Joe here. You know what I'm saying? Appreciate you. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. So what's what's happening, Joe? Man, how you doing, man? How you feeling? Like I I, I want to know when you got the news because you know once I got the news, it I, I actually I'm not sure if it was late night, but because I got the news late night, it was probably like I want to say nine o'clock my time. So like you know late night for you because you East Coast. But I text you soon as I found out Sala got hired. I was literally. On the couch, you know what I mean? And I was, uh, I may or may have not have overindulged at that moment. So I was like half asleep on the couch and I just heard breaking news, you know, uh, of, you know, Robert Sala signs with the new, I was like, oh, 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 what? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I jumped out of the slumber and I was like, I start texting you and, and Morris and, you know, all the other Jets fans that I know. Actually, you guys are the only two I know. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> Not a lot of us. <laughs> but you know what, though? Hey, just knowing you and Morris, and you guys are some of the coolest motherfuckers I know, you know what I'm saying? If that's a representation of what Jets fans are, then you guys are actually awesome. <laughs> yeah, we're not all that bad. Yeah, when I when I found out about uh, Robert Sala, it was it was late night here, too, in, in the East Coast. And it was so weird because... Like, so I might have got, I might have got like, it right on time then. Yeah, it, it okay. was around that time, and it's so weird because obviously the Jets were terrible this year. They were two and fourteen, and Gase finally gone. So it was like, okay, it's an uphill battle here, and you just were so eager who they were going to hire. And I remember I texted you when he was actually in the building, like Salah was in the building for his second interview, and then he ended up leaving there without a job. So everyone was kind of like, "What is going on?" But when he was found, when I found out he was hired, I think this was a home run of a hire just because they need a culture changer. I didn't read too much in the offense or the defensive thing. I think that's just a, a stereotype in the NFL in terms of a head coach. You need someone who can yeah. lead the guys. And Saul is that guy. Like, go look up his videos. And you know firsthand being a Niners fan. Yeah. This guy is going to change the culture as 100%. soon as he walks in. And he's actually going to build relationships and do the opposite of Adam Gase. That's what they needed. Like, the opposite of Adam Gase and Salah is just that. Bro, I'll, I'll tell you this much. And... You know, a lot of offensive-minded guys. I mean, I guess you could say defense. Like, how about this? It's not always the easiest transition from coordinator to head coach, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, um, like for example, when Sean McVay became the head coach of the Rams, he wised up and brought over uh, Wade Phillips, you know what I mean, as his defensive coordinator. Somebody that was a head coach before, 
you know, somebody that could kind of tap him on the shoulder and be like, bro, you know, we should call a timeout here or bro, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like someone who's just been there situationally, you know what I'm saying? To kind of show him the ropes, even though he's the guy who runs the show. Like, and if you remember Sean McVay, that first year when the defense was on the field, he would, he would sometimes would have his back turned and he's huddled up with his offense. And you're going, you know what I mean? Because he was comfortable that Wade Phillips is overseeing this thing. Obviously, 2018 comes around totally different. He got, you know, he was, you know, now he's full hands on the reins. You know what I mean? But uh, Robert Salas, he's a guy who's been around. He comes from a coaching family tree that a lot of people went on to be, you know, to, to, ha- to make their own paths. Like, for example, you know, he was, he was around Dan, uh, Dan Quinn. And, uh, and then, you know, even before that, you know, Gus Bradley. And you know what I mean? Like, these are all guys who, you know, come from the, the, the Pete Carroll coaching family tree. You know what I mean? Obviously, late, you know, recently he got to spend time with the Niners. You know what I mean? And be show you firsthand that he could take, he could be a part of a turnaround in an organization. You know, and I think that's the biggest thing on his resume. Aside from, you know, him being successful as a coordinator. You know what I mean? Just all together being a leader and a part of a regime that had to turn around a team like the Niners from worst to first. And he's tasked with that same challenge now. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And hard to believe, like, this guy's only 41. He's been in a league for almost 16 years now. And he's seen two organizations turn around, not just the Niners, but like you mentioned, the Seahawks, Seahawks. too, with Pete Carroll, who also is a defensive mind head coach. And you know he's the culture changer. Same thing, kind of a – I think Salah almost has that charisma type like Carroll. And even guys like Mike Vrabel you see throughout the league that just – you could just feed off their energy. And I, I believe that is a head coach. I mean, people want to play for that type of coach. It doesn't matter if they know the offenses. But what I love is he's not calling the defensive plays. He is coaching the team. And he's been around some great coaches and great turnarounds like the Niners and like the Seahawks. And it, and it, it kind of like the only worry I have is, as you mentioned with Sean McVay, he, he went and got Wade Phillips, a guy who's been a head coach. But he does have two first-time coordinators in Mike LaFleur and Jeff Albrecht. But I do love both of these hires. LaFleur, another Niners guy, I think one of maybe five. I think it's about five guys they stole from the Niners. And then Albrecht is a former. Bring it up. He's actually a former Niner. He actually played for the Niners. And then he went and was coaching with Dan Quinn and that staff with, with Atlanta. So I like these hires, but. All these guys being new at those positions is the only concerning part. But it's just a it's a culture change. It's a rebuild, so I can't complain. I f- Listen, you're 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 Italian. I feel like this is yeah. an Italian job here. This, you know what I mean? Hey, hey, come on over here. You know, come up to the Jets. You know, we, you know, you're a good guy. I know, I can, I know a guy. And you bring, hey, hey, Bobby, Bobby Sala. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's a friend of ours. You know what I mean? And then everyone just goes with him because he is a hell of a guy. You know what I mean? He went from underboss. To boss now, you know what I mean, and and it makes sense that they're in Jersey now. Too. Exactly, you know what I mean. Forget about it. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, Joe Douglas over there, and this was something that you brought up on my show the first time you came on. Is you 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 know you were like you know people could joke about the Jets and this and that and the third and you know but you you bringing over Joe Douglas, you were like there's going to be some change and some good change eventually. You know what I mean? And it you know. Here we are. You know what I mean? He's t- he's bringing over a guy, gives him a five year deal, 
Gives them five years so you know the expectation isn't like, okay, we're, we need to win now. Like, they're putting pieces into place where they can compete in a, in a division that's, you know, essentially wide open. Yeah, I know the Bills showed out this year and the Patriots fell off from grace, but... I mean, there's a reason why the Patriots were good in that division for so many years because the, the rest of the division was kind of bad. So, you know what I mean? It, it is kind of wide open. I mean, as it stands right now, I mean, it, there's arrows pointing up for the Dolphins. And, of course, the Patriots are the Patriots. And in the Bills, they've arrived. You know what I mean? So, but but now the Jets, they got a guy there. You know what I mean? That's already beat. He's already beat, you know, uh, Belichick. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, he, he's already, you know, co- coached the game against this division so he knows what the division has to offer you know what i mean and uh i think and robert like you said robert Sala is so young man i didn't know he was only 41 i thought he was like 45 that's crazy so he is right. yeah he got he got five years you know to to really you know change the I, first of all actually i'd say i think he has like a year to change the culture because then after the culture change occurs more you know you'll be able to be a draw for players you know what i mean like for players, for to sure. come, you know what I'm saying? Like, because right now I think the biggest draw is players that have played under Sala. You know what I mean? Like, you know, to fill a lot of spots that you need to fill. Because there is, you know, glaring holes in that defense. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, you're going to get your fair share of Niner defenders to come over, fill the holes, to add with some young guys. And I think that's what they're going to do. I know they they have a few vacancies that they need to fill, and I could just see them filling in veterans and yeah, I mean, Salah only being 41, this is this is an extremely young coaching staff. It, it excites me as well. I mean, Lafleur's 34 and Albrecht is 43. And then, of course, Salah's 41. So those are your three main guys and the oldest being 43. And Lafleur's 34, but he's been in the league for eight years. So it's not like these guys don't have experience. And Albrecht, of course, was a former player. And yeah. I, I think that I like that a lot. well yeah. when you're a former player. You've seen guys, especially on the defensive side, have success with that. But, yeah, the culture change starts this year. You're going to see them playing harder, playing better. It's not like they're going to go and make the playoffs by any means. They still have a lot to do and have a lot of holes. But, yeah, the, the culture changes now, and then the talent will change soon. I mean, it, there's a reason why you give him a five-year deal. It's it's not – you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. In a day. I mean, it's, it's going to take a few years to actually be competitors, but they're on the right track for once, for the first time in a very long time, I think Joe Douglas has a clue. They have a GM who's competent, and they're actually there. Actually, is a future now. Now they just got to put those players in place. So, so let me ask you. I know, um, you know, you you're, you're putting out a lot of content on all the uh, all the what's the word? I'm like all all the uh, potential coaching hires, right? Was was Sala on your list at all? So my top five, it was more realistic. I should have made another top five of like who I personally wanted, but Sala wasn't on my top five, but I made numerous hints that I, I did really like Sala a lot. He was a guy who I came into the off season, was really intrigued by. And when they interviewed him or brought him in, at least I was very excited. And then of course, when he came in the second time, I'm like, man, they, they have to hire this guy. There's no way they can let this guy go because Sala was actually interviewed by every vacancy besides Houston. And Houston's just a different story. I have no idea what they're doing. But he yeah. he was the hottest coaching candidate there was on the market easily. Like, every team wanted this guy. So as soon as he left the second time, I was all in. I mean, as soon as he left the first time, I was all in because I heard nothing but good things. The more you read on this guy, the more yeah. you watch this guy, 
the more you like this guy. And then when he just talks, you want to listen. And I, I love that because I couldn't stand to hear Adam Gase ever talk. I don't think I ever watched an Adam Gase conference this whole entire year because every time he talked, it would just make me nauseous. I, th- I think I've, I think I might have watched a little too much uh, Adam Gase, you know, post game conferences. Just because I thought he was, I thought it was like laughable. You know what I mean? Like, oh like, yeah, if you if want he was a good hilarious. laugh, it's great. But yeah. when you're when you just lose forty to nothing, it's like I don't want to hear this guy <laughs> anymore because he has no idea what's going on. Man, yeah, and um, I will say, if Robert Sala could turn this thing around, you know, Adam Gaze is, is going to be someone that you know all Jets fans will thank down the line. You know what I mean? Like because. You know, he might not have been able, you know, without Adam Gaze being terrible and, be, you know, because this was a this was a, a dream scenario for a coach as far as you have a complete control with a lot of picks. So you can theoretically, you know, jumpstart the turnaround with, with the amount of draft capital you have. You know what I mean? Yeah, you got the draft capital. You have the third most cap space. Probably can get themselves to the second most cap space because I believe they're going to cut ties with a few guys. And again, back to Joe Douglas, you actually have a GM who has the same vision as you and is on the same boat as you. So I believe it's just a marriage made in heaven. And it kind of reminds me with the Adam Gase thing. It reminds me, you know, in 90, I think it was 96, the Jets had a coach named Rich Kotite, arguably the worst coach ever. They went 1-15, they got rid of him, and that eventually got them Bill Parcells yeah. when they actually kind of became relevant again. This is a little different because, I mean, Sala is a rookie head coach, but this guy's in his prime of his career. He's so young. So maybe Gase just leaving all this good stuff, good picks, a lot of money because – Joe Douglas didn't pay for anyone this year. And I thought I, I thought that was an example of Joe Douglas didn't think this team was going anywhere with Adam Gase. So yeah. Salad's got everything he needs. So it, it, they just got to build the roster ground up. And I think it's it's finally a time to be optimistic. You know, it's you, been a while because I haven't been optimistic and I don't know how long. You know who's really happy about this hire is uh, C.J. Mosley. You know what I mean? Because I think C.J. Mosley went over there for the bag. You know what I mean? Mainly. I don't think, you know, when he went there, he was like, we're going to compete, like, you know, for a Super Bowl over here. But now it's like, oh, wow. You know what I mean? We might be able to might be able to do some things here because his, you know, the position he plays is, you know, is key in that Sala, you know, uh, uh, defense. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's it's crazy because it seems like a lot of people forget that Mosley's even on the Jets. He's only played two games in two years because he, he opted out. Um, he opted out this year and because of COVID. Year, yeah, and then and, last year he tore the, AC, was and, it the ACL. And, yeah, like that position. Like, you see what he did with Fred Warner. I mean, Fred exactly. Warner is an absolute tank of a man, but so is C.J. Mosley. Mosley was a yeah. top three middle linebacker with the Ravens. Hell yeah. And he got the bag for a reason. I mean, I don't know if the Jets were in that position to throw him $87 million. That's a different story. Yeah. It wasn't Douglas who did it, but – I mean, Mosley could eat. And another guy who can eat is Quentin Williams. Yep. And you see that position with what they did with um, with Nick Bosa. And I know Solomon Thomas was kind of a disappointment, but we saw flashes when he had Salah under his wing. You so. know what's crazy is, ironically, you know, Salah was there when you're trying to decide, you know, as a, as a coaching staff, you're sitting there with your GM and you're like, okay, here we are. We have the second pick overall. Who would we go here, Nick Bosa or Quentin Williams? You know what I mean? And, like, you know, 
to be honest, Nick Bosa, that, like, I, I'm going to be real with you. I like Nick, the Nick Bosa pickup. You know what I mean? But my only knock on him coming out of college was I didn't think I saw enough. You know what I mean? Like I thought he was injury prone and I, you know, he can't, and I thought he was poor at stop at, you know, stopping the run. Like he was great at pass rush, you know what I mean? And pressuring the quarterback, but I, you know, I thought he was a poor, you know, run stopper, but you know, he obviously wasn't bad at stopping the run, but Quentin Williams arguably was, you know, you know, more all around, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I thought Quentin Williams would have fit our scheme nicely, but also, you know, Quentin Williams, he's more he's more predominantly an interior li- uh, interior lineman, correct? Correct, yeah, yeah. more interior. And I think yeah. the and way you look at it is you go Bosa instead of Williams because Bosa, was, despite the injuries, he's more polished. I mean, Quentin had a tough rookie le- uh, rookie year. He's more yeah. raw. But this year, he lost weight. He lost the braces. Mm-hmm. He did his thing. But those two <laughs> guys go hand in hand because I remember hearing an interview like Sala was saying that, it, it was one or the other. It wasn't like, yeah. oh, Bosa over Williams. It's like, who do we pick, Bosa or Williams? Exactly. Because they really viewed those guys and I was as gonna, almost the same. And I was gonna, I was pointing out the fact that he was, he was predominantly an interior lineman because you know at the time we had, you know, um, we had uh, DeForest Buckner and we obviously had Armstead as well. So you know, Nick Bosa, you know, by default, what you know was, was a position that we needed. We needed outside Ed rusher. You know what I mean? Like we needed. You know, we, we needed that bad. So, he, you know, he, that's probably why we went that direction. But now he actually gets to work with someone who he actually touted and, and, and scouted like a motherfucker. Because, you know, that was part of the, the draft process. He was, it was, it came down to Nick Bosa or Quentin Williams. You know what I'm saying? So, this is, I'm excited for him. You know what I mean? You know, obviously, you know, some of the, the easy I guess you could say easy assumptions or automatic assumptions would be like, you know, Sherm probably go over there. I mean, if he goes over there, he's immediately the best cornerback they got. You know what I mean? If, oh, absolutely. Like, not okay. close. Right? And then, you know, then, you know, not to mention, um, you know, guys, you know, guys that have played in the various coaches that we mentioned earlier that, that you know, may, you know, you guys might look at some corners that have played under Dan Quinn in free agency or corn or DBs that have played for, uh, you know, the C- Seattle Seahawks or, you know, just people that are familiar with that system. Like now, you know, there, there's going to be guys that can be, you know, cause system fit guys are, is, is what, is what it's all about. We didn't have the greatest secondary with the Niners. It was predicated on our front being, you know, being fucking extraordinary. You know what I mean? And then, you know, our secondary got a bunch of disrupted passes thrown their way. You know, easy, you know, easy for them to make plays. You know what I mean, so I feel like that's how the Jets are going to build this thing with C.J. Mosley, Quentin Williams. Um, uh, man, I was going to say it's funny. I was going to say Leonard Williams, but I forgot y'all let him go a year ago, right? Uh, man, that would have been awesome. Yeah, that would have been. Well, he needed to get paid though, so because he's doing, yeah right. He's doing his thing over there. Well, yeah, you're right. Yeah, right. When when he put the product he put on the field with the Jets, it was like, don't pay this man. He goes over to the Giants. All of a sudden, <laughs> he's like phenomenal. You know what I mean? Yeah, legit. Like he was, he had a great rookie year, and then the next few years he was pretty mediocre. They get a third rounder for him. I still take it because now they're. I mean, the Giants got to give him the bag this year because he they franchise him tag they franchise tagged him this year. So now that dude's gonna get paid in this offseason. So I guess it's the Jets aren't in a position to overpay a D lineman. So I'm okay with it. I guess. Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you now. So. Obviously, this is a topic of conversation recently. Second pick overall, 
I mean, do you like? Okay, Trevor Lawrence is gone. Let's say that because I don't see Jacksonville not grabbing him up. Are you a Justin Fields guy? Like, would you would you want to go that route or like like you personally? Like, not what what you know the the greater you know Jets of uh, 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 Jets Nation has to say. Like, what do you specifically feel like you would do if you were there next to Joe Douglas? If I was next to Joe Douglas, I would go Justin Fields at two. Okay. Just because I know Zach Wilson's been hyped up because he's the West Coast style guy, but I really think yeah. Fields could fit that system as well because he's athletic. He's good in the pocket. He's got a strong arm. He does everything well. And um, I, I really like myself some Justin Fields. And of course, who knows? The Jets might not even be picking second overall, of course, because these Deshaun Watson rumors are just completely out of hand. Uh, yeah. But, it's it's pretty crazy, but I mean, if I had to draft someone uh, at two, I would be going Justin Fields because I just think they got to move on from Darnold either way. And if they don't, then I'll take one more year because I want to believe in Joe Douglas because he hasn't proved me otherwise why I shouldn't. So we'll okay. have to see. But I really do like Fields, what he did against Clemson and what he's done in his career at Ohio State. I don't read into the Ohio State curse at all because people forget this guy was from like Georgia. So maybe that uh, X's out the curse. But he does everything really well. And I think a guy like Michael Fleur can polish him into a really good quarterback given they got something around him too. We got a couple Ohio State uh, QBs that's still in the game. I mean, obviously Haskins got cut, but I mean Baker Mayfield. He you can consider him one because he played there for a little while, right? True. Um, Kyler, Burrow, I guess. Kyler too, right? Did Kyler play? No, for Ky- no, no, Kyler didn't play for Ohio. That's right. Kyler was an Oklahoma, Oklahoma guy, but yeah, Baker go. was Ohio State guy, yeah. and Joe Burrow was an Ohio State guy. That's right, and, Joe, and yeah, yeah, for for a little bit, for a little bit too. Oh, that's right. No, he only played for LSU for a year, right? Yeah, uh, two years. Two years. He okay. Played for LSU. Oh, yeah, two years. I'm tripping he because LSU. he played because I'm, I'm getting confused because Joe Burrow played for five years in uh, in college. That's right. Okay. Wait, am I right about that? Did Joe Joe Burrow play for five years? Uh, I don't, I don't know how many years he played for. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did play for five years because he's actually an older quarterback. Usually yeah. quarterbacks get drafted when they're like 23. Yeah. He's actually 24. So, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he was a red shirt guy. Actually. Yeah. yeah he was a red shirt guy, 2015. So okay. he did play for five years. God damn. Shout out to, shout out to Joe, uh, Joe Burrow, man. Uh, speedy recovery. Uh, okay. So. Okay, now let's 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 reiterate. You're, you're you're there next to Joe Douglas again, right? And all this Watson shit going on. They want they want to give you Watson, but they're demanding, you know, X amount. What are you willing to give up? Obviously, the second pick overall, and and assuming the other the other uh, first round, the Seattle first round pick you got, right? So those two. What else? Right. I mean, to be honest, I didn't think this was a realistic decision because I thought the so, Jets would just be like, we're, we're keeping the draft picks. But it seems like they're in and it seems like Watson actually wants to go there, given the rumors. Honestly, if he wants to come here, I would give literally anything. <laughs> I, I, I would give my second overall, my 23rd overall, next year's first rounder, an additional second rounder and Sam Darnold if I had to. I would literally what, give what them if they wanted anything because there's never. And people say, "Oh, we have all this draft capital." Yeah, but still, you're still gonna have a lot of draft picks. Or if if you want to keep Sam Darnold, 
you could trade him for more picks there because the Jets have a lot of draft capital, like a lot of yeah, picks. Yeah, and, and it's like you're still going to get these young guys through the draft, and also you're going to have an elite quarterback at 25. You, you never see that ever. Like it's going to be the biggest trade we've ever seen because you never 20, see a guy like Watson. And, he, and he's turning and 25 too. He's, he's not even 25 yet. So because he, I think yeah, he's what, September? Right. September or something like that, he turns 25. So Yeah, so he'll be just turning 25 next year, which is literally you, insane. You guys could literally uh, bring on that contract, too. You guys have enough money where Watson would never have – the only thing Watson would have to change is this, is the tax on his money. You know what I mean? And if he's willing to go to New York, then he's probably willing – Like this is going to sound like a joke, but if you're willing to go to the New York Jets, technically you're willing to – take a little less money you know like listen i want to go there you know what i mean like right if and, you want to if he wants to go in the market he's he's just gonna go there obviously because it's crazy that he even wants to go there but uh it, my understanding is he wanted sala or at least one of the guys like sala to to be the texans coach so i think that's a big reason in a New York market. But, yeah, I mean, I, I would literally give anything they want. And I don't see maybe the Texans taking on Darnold, so you could maybe throw Darnold elsewhere and give them three first-rounders and a second-rounder. And, and Darnold. Or even Darnold elsewhere, like you said. Yeah, right. So give give the four picks for Watson and then trade Darnold maybe for a third-rounder. Some people have said second. I don't see it. I think it's going to be a third just because his regression. But – it depends on the team because you can make the arguments why he struggled. Like he struggled because yeah. Adam Gase sucks. They had no surrounding cast. Yeah. The Jets are dysfunctional. So they're like, it depends on the team. So I think if a team who really needs a quarterback might give a second round, but I see a third round. Okay. But, um, yeah. I mean, that's what I would do. Here, if Watson wants to come here, take him. Give here. him anything you want. I don't care about the draft picks at that point, even though I've been saying draft capital is huge. Yeah. But a guy like Watson never hits the yeah, market. Yeah, when a guy like Watson, exactly. I was going to say, he's, he's literally a top five, you know, at minimum. You know what I mean? Top three at minimum, I should say, right now in the game. You know what I mean? Because you could say, especially at that age, I mean, he's only going to get better. That's why I say top three. Because obviously, people could say, oh, you know, well, you know, Rodgers or Wilson or, you know, like, listen. Like, right now, if you ask me, it's Mahomes, Allen, and Watson. Like, those guys. And, and, and I'll say Lamar Jackson. But the reason I hesitant to say Lamar Jackson is because I feel like his arm isn't going to be there. You know what I mean? Like he's, you know what I mean? So anyways, to get a top three, you would clean house as far as your picks. Okay. Here's another one. This one's annoying. All right. The Niners and the Jets obviously have correlation because the, 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 you know, the, the, they used to all coach together. Now Salah's over there. He's best friends in real life with Kyle Shanahan. They brought over Matt LaFleur. You know, maybe they, they do want to, uh, you, you know, they want to build a culture there. And, and But they also want to get rid of Sam Darnold. And, hey, Shanahan's like, hey, I'll take Sam Darnold. But, hey, you know what? I'm going to give you guys Jimmy G as part of the deal. Would you take Jimmy G? Like, you know, maybe Mike LaFleur is like, hey, I was his quarterback coach. I seen something in this kid. Maybe he's maybe he's maybe he sees something in him during practice and, and, and in the and in the, uh, the the quarterback meetings and stuff like that that we don't see on the field. And maybe he's like, listen, maybe change the scenery is good for for Jimmy. Would you take Jimmy? It really depends. I think I wouldn't do it straight up, to be honest with you. No, I it wouldn't be straight up. It wouldn't be straight up. Like maybe we throw you like a third round or something like, you know what I mean? 
Right, just given the age and the injuries. I mean, it really depends. I wouldn't want Garoppolo with just Garoppolo. I would need somebody else there. Like, say if they actually still drafted a quarterback and said, Zach Wilson's the guy, let's Mahomes him for a year. Let Jimmy G play like mm. they did with Alex Smith, a competent veteran, yeah. and see what happens. And I wouldn't mind that. If they traded Jimmy G and got nobody else and said Jimmy G's our starting quarterback for the future. Yeah, I like that. I, w- I wouldn't love that. No, yeah. I wouldn't like that at all. <laughs> for the record, I mean, you know what I'm saying? You know, uh, this has been an ongoing thing, of, you know, ever since uh, ever since the, the year ended. Because, you know, we, you know, I see, you know, I seen that it's kind of a, a, a house of cards. It's kind of coming down over there in San Francisco. And I'm like, you know what? We got to get J- Jimmy's got to go with it. You know what I mean? So I'm trying to, I'm actively trying to, you know, uh, put it in the universe to get Jimmy somewhere. That's why that was me in an attempt to get that in the universe. And maybe we can send Jimmy to your Jets because I just want to send him <laughs> elsewhere. You know what I mean? And I'm willing to take on Sam Darnold because you know me, I've always liked the kid. I've, you know what I mean? I think he will, you know, in a West Coast type offense where you're not really trusting him and you can get the run game going, maybe rip the play action off. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, that, like that Shanahan system would do. I wouldn't be mad at a Sam Darnold. Plus, we're actually in cap hell where we could, you know, bringing over a, someone like a Sam Darnold with that rookie contract still in fourth year. And then, you know, and then we, we could play it. He would be forced to play his ass off, you know what I'm saying, to, to perhaps, you know what I mean, get an extension or even just play his ass off for, for, you know, whatever team that trades for him. In this case, if it was the Niners, to go ahead and pick up his fifth-year option be like, oh, this kid played his ass off. Let's pick up fifth. You know what I mean? Because Sam Darnold's in a precarious situation. And even everything I just said with that system, you know, West Coast – uh, type offense, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, zone runs, you know, a lot, a lot of bootlegs, stuff like that. You know, you know, pre-snap motions. Hey, all that goes for the same with Mike LaFleur. So now with all that said, would you be excited for us, the, the outlook for a Sam Darnold if you guys just kept Sam Darnold? You know what I mean? You just roll with Sam Darnold. Do you think this system would help that, that like him, him and his style from what you've seen? I think the system would help for sure. That's why I think the Niners are the best fit because the Niners already have a roster that is ready to compete. The Jets do not. That's why I think the Jets should move on because he only has one more year in his deal. And it's more likely he plays really well with the Niners for one year and gets that contract that he plays really well for the Jets and gets that contract because the Jets won't be a team that's like ready to compete. If you give the Niners a quarterback, like I, I believe the Niners should go full in on Matthew Stafford. I don't know how you feel about that, but the yeah, Niners like are that. a Super Bowl winning roster with Stafford, to be honest. I I like I like the idea of Matthew Stafford. He's one of the best passers in the game. You know what I mean? And uh he's gonna have immediately a better offensive line than he did in Detroit. Even though our line isn't the greatest, it's better than Detroit's. You know what I'm saying? But I just feel that Matthew Stafford's going going to want to go somewhere where he has the best offensive line, and that's at Indy. And they and they're a team that fits the criteria, has all the weapons on offense, has great coaching in place, and they have a, you know a top five defense, you know, what I mean? at minimum, you know what I mean? Because they're top they're top uh, three in a lot of different metrics, you know what I'm saying? So I would and it's the indoor, it's it, it's indoors, you know, it's not really it's something he's kind of used to. So I, I feel like Stafford goes there. Would I love Stafford there? Yes. And and was I enjoying all the rumors, you know, the fun little uh, 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 
speculation with Watson come to the Niners? Yes, but the reality is we're not in anywhere in the the Watson sweepstakes. That came and went really fast. Um, Stafford, you know, that came and went fast too. I I believe because you know, right when they announced Stafford was gonna part way, or they're they're agreeing to find a a a, a, a trade partner for Stafford, Niners were immediately the first rumor. Like everyone was texting me, like you know, oh bro, we're gonna get, we're talking about, we're talking to him about Stafford, and I'm like, yeah, I see that, but it's not probably not gonna happen. You know what I mean? I I feel like Shanahan is an arrogant enough coach, and I say this in in all, I say this in all due respect that why I feel like he's the type that would be like, I can win with anybody because he goes for guys like Jimmy or he had you know he. You know, he's had a Brian Hoyers and, and, you know, you know, Nick Mullins and CJ Beathards and, you know, going all the way back to his time with, uh, you know, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's probably the best QB he's ever coached. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, he, even going all the way back to, you know, um, they, when they had RG3, that wasn't their guy. They didn't want to draft him. They wanted Kirk Cousins, so they drafted him in the same draft class. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, and Cousins was like, you know, he's not the greatest either. Like, especially like coming out of college, I didn't see why the Shanahan's would want him so bad. But I think that's going to what I, to my point where I just want Shanahan to bring in a quarterback with actual arm talent. Like, look at what he did with with, with Matt Ryan the second year around right. MVP because he's a guy who actually had you know you know some elite level. Arm talent, I'll say. I said that in air quotes, you know what I mean? Because, you know, Jimmy G's, you know, he's, he is what he is. You know what I mean? Like, I had this saying, we we're winning ugly with handsome Jimmy. Because, you know, even though we went to the Super Bowl and we we're the, the highest scoring offense that year, you know what I mean? Or one of the highest scoring offenses. Definitely top two um, in 2019. But, you know, it was because the run game was phenomenal. And, like, you know what I mean? G- Jimmy was, you know, more of a, 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 a he was like more of a, more game manager than game winner or game breaker. You know what I mean? Like right. I, they I, set him up for success. I exactly. mean, that's, that's exactly what they did. It's similar to what the Rams have done with Jared Goff. It's even similar what the Browns did this year with Baker Mayfield. They're setting those quarterbacks up yeah. for success. And Kyle Shanahan could do that with like any quarterback. I mean, I definitely could see kind of go back. What do you say with Stafford? Definitely see him going to either Indy or San Francisco. I think it's hand to hand. I know people are already reaching out. Maybe new England surprises us. I have no idea. New England has a ton of cap too. They have a lot of cap and I think they, they have a decent amount of draft picks too, with my understanding. Yeah, they sure do. Nothing as enticing as what the jets have to offer, but you know, and then, you know, now back to Matt Stafford, like, you know, Stafford, the draw for New England is that it's Bill Belichick and, you know, there's the winning culture. You know what I mean? But, yeah, I think Stafford goes to Indy. Um, I, I, I'm going to say it now. I could, if we somehow trade Jimmy away, it'd probably be to the Patriots because they're familiar, they're familiar with him. You know what I mean? Um, and there's – and I would say this too. I'll say – like someone like a Trubisky, like I would rather have Trubisky over a Sam Darnold in 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 a Shanahan system. That's interesting. I, I mean, because Trubisky's going to be floating around out there, and Trubisky would be cheap because we're we got a lot of people to pay, 
not only now and down the road. Like Fred Warner's coming up. Nick Bosa's going to be like a year away after, you know, maybe 2022. You know what I mean? So, and Trubisky, he's a mobile guy. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm just saying, like, if I would, if I see my Niners moving on, because I see my Niners moving on from, from Jimmy G. You know what I mean? And then it's going to be the other options. Like, who, you know, what journeyman QB or what young QB is going to be out there floating around? You know what I mean? And the options will be like a Trubisky. You know what I mean? Um, Darnold, because now that Salah's there, it's an easy phone call away if we are interested in, in Darnold. And then, you know, you got your Matt Stafford's, obviously, you got the older guys. You know what I mean? And then, you know, um, shit, man. Maybe even we like drop. Minshew or something like See, that. And too. you know, I would love that. I love Minshew. You know what I mean? Like, I know I think, you do. I know you're a big Minshew yeah. guy. But the thing with Trubisky to me is, wouldn't you have to pay him? Because. He's going into his fifth year. Did they, they no, didn't well, take they, his fifth year option? So right? they they in the beginning of twenty twenty they said they weren't going to pick up his option, and then so you'd have to pay him a regular deal. Then. No, but but here's the thing: is like that's what makes Chicago an X factor here because they could shake everything up. Because if they make if they make a move at the what the twentieth spot overall, like if they make a move to trade up for one of these QBs. You know, Trubis- that obviously, that would mean Trubisky's not coming back. Well, I mean, we would know if Trubisky's coming back prior to all this because him getting into the playoffs, you know, they, they got into the playoffs not because they played well, bro. It was really, to me, it was, it was because the Cardinals lost week 17. And because the, and, the Bears, they didn't do their job. Bears were, they had their destiny in their hands, win and they're in, but they also had an out. If the Cardinals lost, they were still in. You know what I mean? So they got in. Right. You know what I mean? And, and like, you know, this this kind of tremendously pisses off a lot of, you know, all, like shout out to Smoking Jay. He was more upset about it because now it makes them keep Ryan Pays on still. <laughs> Perhaps Nagy. You know what I mean? Because this is now, this is two out of three years they got into the dance. You know what I mean? But organizationally, I, you know, they would have picked, they, it would have been smarter for them to pick up the fifth year option because now they got to give him an extension to keep him there while he's still in the building. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're, they're almost stuck. And it's because they basically beat up on bad teams. I think they beat Houston, Minnesota, and I think it was Jacksonville all late in the season yep. when Trubisky took over because mm-hmm. Bowles got hurt. So it's like they beat on bad teams. Now they're stuck with Ryan Pace and now they're stuck with Nagy again. And they might, they may have to be stuck with Trubisky because, I don't know who else they would get. They, I mean, maybe I mean, kind of what you mentioned. They trade, they trade down and try to get a guy like Trey Nance or something like that, Trey yeah. Lance or something like that. But um, I'm not really sure who else, or maybe even like a Mac Jones, or you take a Kyle Trask in the second round. I have no idea what you would really do if you're Chicago. Like Chicago, San Francisco, the Jets. Like those are three main teams that who's going to be their quarterback, and even Indianapolis. Yep. New Orleans. There's so many teams that we have no idea. Yep. Is Roethlisberger even if Ro- is Roethlisberger coming back? Um, you know what I mean. If if Watson does go somewhere, who who's the quarterback in Houston? You know, there's you know right. there's, there's a ton. Like and I and I happen to believe that Derek Carr he's gonna end up filling one of these spots perhaps because I I feel if I'm the Raiders I move on from Derek Carr and try to make a move for like a Dak Prescott like pay him big money. You know what I mean? Hey, there's Jameis Winston's going to be floating around. You know what I mean? Like, Jameis Winston, he's still only a season removed from 5,000 yards. You know what I mean? 30 touchdowns. Obviously, 
30 picks go along with that. But still, I mean, you know what I'm saying? When you when you phrase it with saying that he threw for five thou wow and 30 tugs, and then, you know, you know, you know, forget to mention the 30 picks. Hey, sounds pretty good, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, you add the 30 picks. You add a few pick sixes in the mix, but hey, it's all right. Still, hey, do those pick sixes count as his touchdowns? Because then he's in, he had more than 30 then. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like a Madden statistic. It's absolutely crazy. <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? He throws touchdowns even to the other team. So, so, no, no, but seriously, like, Jameis Winston, like, you know, he uh, – I, like if I'm the Saints, do I let him walk? You know what I mean. Like there's this is gonna be arguably one of the most interesting quarterback carousels like ever I can remember. You know what I mean? There's so there's literally so many teams, and even like you can go Miami. What do they do with Tua in New England? Of course, Detroit. What do they do now when they trade Stafford? That's it's, right. I forgot about Detroit. And New half England. the teams in the league are gonna need new quarterbacks. Wow, this is gonna be fun. It's go. It's definitely going to be fun. And luckily, this is a draft that actually has some legit depth at quarterback. At the QB position, with, exactly. Of course, Lawrence Fields, Wilson, Lance uh, leading the pack, and then you got those guys like yeah, the second tier like guys, Matt and Jones. Matt Jones, the yeah. second tier guys. So there's definitely options. It's it's definitely going to be interesting, and exciting of what who goes where. Almost, it's like it's gonna it's gonna be like that quarterback carousel for sure. You know what's funny? Ironically, I brought you on uh, another episode that I brought you on was with uh, with uh, Clock. Shout out to Clock and uh, shout out to Spencer the Guru. Man, you know, I assembled us together when we did that the quarterback QB carousel last year, where it was Newton leaving. It was Newton. It was like they were all somehow tied in. It was Jameis Winston going to the Saints to to replace Bridgewater. Bridgewater went to Carolina. To replace Newton, Newton goes to New England to replace Brady, and Brady went to you know Tampa Bay. So it was to like replace a, Winston. Yeah, literally, Winston. it's just so it like <laughs> literally a carousel. This year, it's it, it's going to be wild, bro. Like people are going to and fro. Like, and matter of fact, I know a lot of people. There was early rumors tying us to like you know uh, the Falcons and Matt Ryan. You know what I mean? Like, oh, maybe the Niners trade for Matt Ryan. Blah blah. blah. That's not going to happen. I I even think that. You know, out of if you look at the top seven picks in this draft, the Falcons are fourth overall, and those top seven, every one of them, they're in line for a QB in this draft. You know what I mean? And Matt Ryan probably be that that bridge quarterback, you know, that veteran guy for one year. You know what I mean? To to whoever they draft, because I could see them drafting, and you know, they they're in position to get the third QB off the board because it goes, it goes Jags Jets. Dolphins, Dolphins technically don't need a QB, right? So then it's, Dolphins and Bengals are technically the only teams that like don't, definitely don't exactly. need a quarterback. Yeah, and, and yeah, so so maybe six out of the top seven then, right? Because the Bengals are a top seven uh, pick. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, like the Falcons, they 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 can get their shot at you know whoever they want after the top two for real though, because they're at the fourth spot overall. And especially if the Jets don't draft a quarterback, if the Jets say, screw it, we're taking, we're keeping Donald, we'll take in, I don't know, Devontae Smith or something. And then they could they, trade they back. They almost get the choice of Wilson or Fields. And then, and they could, yeah, they would be able to trade back. Maybe they even trade up, trade down with someone who wants to move up to that second pick overall to get Justin Fields. Like, there is going to be a team that's in love with Justin Fields that might be like, all right, 
you know, they're calling the Jets if the Jets announce that they're staying with Darnold. You know what I mean? Uh, absolutely. I think if the Jets do stick with Darnold, they trade that pick probably. And I think that would be the smartest thing. And, of course, who knows, if the Texans have that pick, would they have Darnold or would they draft a quarterback? It's and, true. And you're going down like Philly, who knows, Detroit, right. they need a quarterback because they're going to trade Stafford. Carolina, huh. you need a quarterback. Denver, you need a quarterback. Dallas, who knows with Dak. So it's either like they need need a quarterback or they might need a quarterback. Philly's Philly's really interesting too because there's a lot of New England like hype right now about New England wanting 11. You know what I mean? They want Carson Wentz. Like, you know, I, I've been hearing more rumors of that than – New England going in for Stafford. You know what I mean? So, yeah, Interesting. perhaps perhaps the Phillies in, in line for a QB here too. Like, now how about this? You know what I mean? Like, if the Jets weren't going to – if their Jets are going to stick with Darnold – I mean, if, no, excuse me. If the Jets are going to move on from Darnold, it's going to happen before the draft 100%. Because then, you yeah. know – Sure. You would lose. You're gonna know if Darnold's still on the team by draft day. He's the quarterback. Yeah, because I mean, then if you draft a quarterback, yeah, because if you draft a quarterback, you have no, you, you virtually lose all the value and leverage that you have trying to trade away Sam Darnold. It would be like when the Cardinals, you know, were fixing their mistakes with Rosen. They're like they couldn't move Rosen. Then when they drafted Kyler Murray, they're forced to move Rosen for whatever they can get. You know what I mean? They still got a second and a fifth rounder for Rosen. That is true. And <laughs> Josh Which Rosen is absolutely sucks. crazy. They actually Miami hustled that, that one. They, they, they actually came. But, Shout out to them. But I agree. I mean, I would trade him before the draft. They wouldn't They wouldn't lug Sam Donald around for the draft and then trade him after. It's going to be like, if he's on the team, he's the quarterback. And if not, they're going to trade him in March or beginning of April, at least. All right. Let me now, let me ask you this, though. Like, okay, so now you're back to Joe Douglas. And he, and he it's one simple question. Do we, do we, Move on from Donald, and he's asking you, like, if you personally, like, as as you've seen, you know, considering all the things he didn't have, and and, and all, and what he maybe could be, you know, what I'm saying in this system, like, do, are you are do, are you putting your foot down and just saying no, let's get rid of him, or are you willing to give him a chance? Like, ultimately, it's yeah, your I, decision. I touched upon it a little in the beginning of the show, and I'm ready to move on. Okay. I'm definitely ready to move on. And if I had to make the decision, I'd move on. But if they don't move on, I'm not going to go crazy. Like, I know some Jets fans will. Why is Sam Donald coming back? Blah, blah, blah. I'm trusting Joe Douglas. He just hired a really good candidate for once. And he hasn't done it. And he's gotten all this draft capital. And he saved all his money. Let the let the dude do his thing. But my belief is you, you hired your your first head coach as a GM. Now draft your first quarterback or trade for your first quarterback as a yeah. GM. So my my thing is you draft a quarterback or you give whatever it takes for Watson. I think I'm all set with Darnold. I wanted I mean, I wanted so bad to believe in him and I still do believe in him. I think he's he's going to thrive in elsewhere, I think. I think he needs a culture change too. He needs to get out of New York. Yeah. It's just a, the contract doesn't add up either, and I kind of touched upon it too. It, it, he's not going to change anyone's minds in a year, whether the the offense or not. So, yeah, I'm I'm all set with him. I think. And uh, I will add, as much as I I think he has the, one of the cooler nicknames I've ever I've ever uh, came across, which is Donald Schwarzenegger. I I don't want him for my Niners. <laughs> hey, Smoking Jay, I'm sorry, brother, but I I think. 
some of the early rumors that we heard of a Sam Darnold possibly being traded to Chicago, let's send him there. You know what I mean? Let's just send him there. Chicago or like Denver. Yeah, or Denver. Something like yep. that. Because I would re- like honestly, I'd rather I'd rather have a, a Trubisky at this point, where it's like at least I've seen Shanahan do you know do lots with you know you know subpar QB intelligence. Because I'm not gonna say that. Uh, Trubisky's not athletic because that's that's what he is. That's part of his his allure is that he is athletic. He could throw on the run, etc. But he's a fucking idiot. You know what I mean? Like when you can't run a, a if you are entrusted to run a read pass a run pass option, right? And you make the wrong reads all the time. You're not smart. You know what I mean? So give you know put put an idiot with Shanahan, and I've seen him make idiots into magic because Jimmy G is another guy. He's an idiot. You know what I mean? Like Jimmy G made it far in life on his looks. You know what I'm saying? His QB intelligence ain't that great. I mean, he sat behind the goat, you know what I mean? And I feel like, you know, when he was sitting behind Brady, it was just because they were like, all right, you know what I'm saying? We will move on from one handsome guy to the next eventually. You know what I mean? Because apparently over there, you know what I mean? It's all about the looks over It's all there. about the looks Even, even Castle had his, his fame, too, with, with the ladies in New England. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, for, like, for me with Trubisky, the only thing is Sam Darnold played in the West Coast style offense at USC. Yeah. And Trubisky... I mean, if Darnold had what Trubisky had, if he had Montgomery and he had Allen Robinson and he had his a thousand tight ends that Chicago owns, <laughs> yeah. I think I think Chicago, I think Darnold would have been a lot better in a Chicago team. I agree. And if the Jets were to have Trubisky with Adam Gase, I think it would be an absolute like disaster. I don't know. I mean, you could compare those guys; they had their fair share of struggles. But still, I think Chicago's had the better surrounding cast. So if I was a Niners fan, I'd say screw it and take Darnold. I mean, that wouldn't be my top option. My first option would I, be I like see you. I see you trying to speak it into of, the universe. I know Niners fans that actually just like really want Darnold. I'd probably, I'm not mad at it, but I don't want it. Probably be better off taking him. But I, I see I what know. you're doing, Joe. You're trying. You're trying to. You're trying to work to turn up the Jets' magic and speak them into existence on my Niners. You know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to get rid of him at this point, I, know. I think. <laughs> I was, hey, listen. I was it's a former salesman. I'll work my magic here. It's immediate karma because I was trying to send y'all Jimmy just a while ago. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, exactly. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send it right back at you with yeah. all the quarterbacks that we don't want because I believe very likely that both of these teams will probably have new quarterbacks. I mean, yeah. it's just like any other team, I think. The Niners will have a new quarterback, and hopefully the Jets have a new quarterback. That's how I look at it right now. Okay, I got one more for you before we close this thing out. Let's so get now, it. now we're back. We're back. We're chilling with Joe Douglas this time. This time I'm in the room too. How about that? Me and you and all right. We're in the room with Joe Douglas. I'm working for. I'm not a Jets fan, but I'm working for the organization now. So I'm trying to get what's best for the organization. We got money to spend, and we need some offensive help. Who are we looking at here? Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay. What, what are we doing? Corey Davis. What are we doing here? We, we need receiver help there. Yeah, I think it really depends on what situation happens with the quarterbacks. I mean, of course, Allen Robinson is the home run hitter. You get him and you do whatever is possible. 
But if that's unrealistic, I really, really love Corey Davis because he's going to yes. be a cheaper option. And he's and young. He's younger. He's he's younger than uh than Allen Robinson at least. Yep. You know I mean? He's younger. He's going to be cheaper, and I feel like he's on that path of a Devontae Parker type, a late bloomer. A few years it took him a little bit, but he dominated this year. He was close to a thousand yards, and yep. that's with AJ Brown and and with um. John o. Smith, a lot of guys yep. to throw to. So on a run I first team, Davis. on a run first team where you know what I mean, the volume isn't really necessarily there for the receiving options. So yes, I I agree. He right. had a phenomenal year, all things considered. Okay, so Corey Davis, I agree. I'll stamp that. I like Corey Davis. I actually, he reminds me a lot of uh, Terrell Owens, like young Terrell Owens, like and for real, for real. Like when I was coming out of college, that was the comparison I was drawing for him. Obviously, the landing spot didn't didn't help him. But I still think the talent's there. I know that's kind of a stretch to say Terrell Owens, but, I mean, if you watch Terrell Owens' tape, you know what I mean, and you watch some tape of Corey Davis coming out of college, like the way he got in and out of his breaks and et cetera, it just reminded me a ton of Terrell Owens and kind of their build is, is similar, you know what I mean? But um, tight end. So now here, tight end's very important in the Matt LaFleur or the Shanahan-esque system, right? You know what I mean? Because this is all the thumbprint you know, from from Mike Shanahan, even you know what I mean. Even going all the way down to Stefanski, where Stefanski's a product of Gary Kubiak, who's a product of the Mike Shanahan, right? So this is all over the league now, and you know the tight end, the they, they, they pre, the tight end is predicated on, on a lot of a lot of the, the you know the the the, the uh, what is it the run packages. He's always the tight end's always on the field because the tight end serves a real important role. Are we are we looking at anyone else? Or we 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 moving with with Griffin and uh and Herndon. I mean, in the beginning of the year, I wanted Herndon traded because he was that bad. Every time he caught the ball, he would fumble, and every time the yeah. ball or every time the ball would go to him, he would drop it. But he actually came hot at the end of the year when Darnold got back healthy. He scored in the last three games, and I think he would thrive in this offense because of his athleticism. So. He has one more year. I'm okay keeping him one more year just because I don't want to really pay for Hunter Henry. Yeah. Because I want I want to put the money elsewhere, especially I want to put it on the line. I want to sign one yeah. of those really good guards like Joe Tooney or Brandon Shre- uh, Sheriff. Mm-hmm. I want to take one of those guys instead of putting my money in a tight end. So I'm okay. I'm okay keeping hurt and maybe you can draft a tight end late rounds or get a second tier tight end to replace yeah. maybe a Ryan Griffin or something. Um down the road, but I'm okay with Herndon right what, now. Okay, so how how about this? I, I'm not too sure about Robert Tunyon, what his status is over there. I know he's one of those undrafted guys, you know. What I mean, you know, made made you know worked his way up. If he's a free agent, I'd grab him up because he's immediately going to be familiar with the system, obviously, because he played under, under Matt Lafleur's system. You know what I mean? That would that would be awesome. You know what I mean? We bring over someone. Oh yeah, right. If that guy's a free agent for sure, I know he's been on the team since 2017. Yeah, I have no exactly. idea what his contract is. He Me obviously neither. had a huge breakout year in a similar style offense. So if you can get that guy for sure, but again, he might be asking for a lot of money coming off a 10 touchdown season. So so um, more realistically, we're just trying to spend money maybe on a receiver. If you know what I mean, and not 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 break the bank on receiver because we still got Mims. You know what I mean? We rock with we rock with the tight ends we got. You know what I'm saying? And we, and we go and spend money where money is well spent, and that's on linemen because they aren't cheap. 
You know what I mean? They know that they're scarce, so they demand money when they know they're worth it. Or even if necessarily nine times out of ten, they might not even be worth it. But they're going to get the bag because of the position scarcity. You know what I mean? So we go get linemen. Like you said, uh, Sharif's out there. Like that a lot. You know what I mean? Who's the other option? Joe Tooney. Oh, Tooney? Honestly, yep. is like I'd my rather main have option. I mean, yeah. I want Robinson, of course. Like, I want Robinson, mm-hmm. obviously. But... I don't think they'd be able to get Tooney and Robinson because you got to throw the house. So I'd rather get Tooney and a Corey guy Davis. like Davis. Yeah. So okay, because that could happen. I mean, Douglas wanted to throw the house on Tooney last year, and the, the Pats franchise tagged him. Yeah. And then they threw like thirty million at three linemen, so they obviously didn't pay anybody. Yeah. He's going to be asking for like fifty mil easily. Yeah. No, easily. Not give it to him. And he and 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 you guys got a money that it won't hurt to to give him that. You guys got right. You, yeah. Okay. I mean, he's he's still in his prime. He's he's a Pro Bowl guy. You, you got him and Beckton on the left side. So I mean, de- defensive, defensive minded head coach. A lot of glaring holes on defense. Multiple first round picks. We're not looking at any running back here in the draft, are we? I don't know. It's weird. I've seen like, a lot of mock drafts actually have running backs. Because they do need a running back because that offense is ground and pound. Yes. But if they don't, I mean, I've already said it a few times. I love Marlon Mack on free agency. I think that guy is a diamond in the rough in free agency because he's not going to ask for much money. He rushed for 900 yards in 2018, 1,000 in 2019. He tore his ACL. You're going to get him for like five or six million. So I would take him absolutely and give P. Ryan a bigger role and see what happens. If not, maybe draft a running back the next year. But they got way too many holes to draft a Najee Harris or Travis Etienne, even though both of those guys are going to be absolute ballers. They're just not in that situation. I feel like as we liquidate the Niners' backfield with with the McKinnons and the the Tevin Coleman's, I feel like one of those guys are going to end up there. Right? And and if you really look at it, like look at the Niners, what they did. I mean – they had a practice squad special teams guy who got dropped from 17s become a star running back. And, and then Matt Burrito was – he came out and he did his thing. And Tevin Coleman finally kind of revived his career after being behind Devontae Freeman all those years. So, obviously, that offense helps running back. So, I think a guy like Mack and maybe even a Coleman or something, I'd be down for that. But I'd also like to give P. Ryan a shot. So, I don't Me see too. them drafting a running I, back. I, but I, I want to see – I don't know. I want to see LaMichael get a shot. He, yeah, uh, I want to see him get a chance like, yeah. to be because if in that Niners uh, type offense, the West Coast, you you got to use two running backs. Yes, and and we need a blocking tight end too. And uh, you know Herndon, I mean he might not be the greatest, but uh, who else you guys got over there? You guys got is it Griffin? Ryan Griffin? Yeah, Griffin's more the he's more of a pass kind of blocking tight end. Oh, he yeah. is more the blocker. Okay, so. Yeah, and then, then maybe, you know, in free agency, you bring over some of the cheaper guys, like role players at the tight end position, like maybe like a like a, like a Toy Lolo, you know what I'm saying? Uh, just somebody, you know, somebody that, you know, is, is, is great at blocking and has been in that system before, you know what I mean? Because it's, I feel, I'm telling you, like, that's going to be the first draw is, is your coaching regime. The, the draw in free agency is going to be people, a lot of people that are just willing to play for cheaper, be role players because they've played under these coaches somewhere else. You know what I mean? Oh, it's going to be huge. It's definitely going to be huge. It's going to be huge. All these guys, it's going to be huge. I mean, it's it's very rare that a coach for the Jets is going to attract free agents. Like, it doesn't really happen. So, I mean, it's definitely going to be a lot different. You're definitely going to see a lot of those guys try to follow him 
and more likely the defensive guys. But I wouldn't be surprised if some of these offensive guys, I'm not too sure who is going to be a free agent in the Niners, but I know like half Everyone. of the defense is going to be a free yeah. agent. I just Everybody. <laughs> Yeah, right, and I just realized that Tevin Coleman is a free agent too. So that's yes. a guy who definitely could be a Jet next year as well. Like the whole, it might be like fifty percent their defense next year is going to be the Niners. Like I said, <laughs> For post, real? it's gonna it's gonna be the New York Niners. <laughs> hey man, I can't I can't even disagree, man. You know what I'm saying? But and uh, as far as uh, how we finished in our divisions and the fact that our divisions played each other last season. The Niners are going to play the Jets next year again because we both finish in fourth place. So, you know what I mean? That, that's going to be fun. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I'll, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll see. We're, we're going to see Salah in the revenge narrative. You know what I mean? Do, do they play? I don't think they play next year. Oh, no. Because, do no, you know, I, normally you, you, play, you play the opponent from the division that you played previous and you play the guy who plays the same as you. I think that's in your like. I think it's in your conference. Oh, so in whatever conference. NFC okay. conference. Oh, that's yeah, I true. Think it's that NFC, is true. NFC. That is true. So it's a good point. They usually play every four years. So the Jets will see them. We'll see know, you like in four years, twenty twenty four or something like that. Yeah, or maybe another pre, maybe a preseason game. You know what I mean, if they if they yeah, if they bring those preseason games, they bring sure. those things back. You know what I mean? But yeah, man, Joe, yeah. It, man, it was a it was a pleasure. You know what I mean? Uh. As always, I've, I've never been more excited for the Jets. Like you know, I mean, obviously, I know you, you and uh, the rest of the Jets nation are really excited, man. The arrows pointing up, and uh, it's kind of ironic. This kind of, see, I feel like I'm having deja vu because I feel like, you know, what I mean, uh, that's kind of similar to something I said to you last year. I remember saying to you, like, you know, with Joe Douglas there now, and them keeping on Adam Gaze, you guys are definitely going to get a high pick, and the more losses you take, the closer it gets to giving him the boot, and they actually, you know, built the suspense up all the way down to the end, right? They were like, we're keeping this guy on all year, make sure he, <laughs> make sure we get a high pick. You know what I mean? And, of course, the most Adam Gaze thing ever to do was squander away the first pick overall by trying to show people that he could actually win. At least by beating I two playoff teams out of the blue. Like, yeah. What? Just like, like, it's almost like he does – it. Okay, very last thing. Is Adam Gaze that phenomenal where he's like, I can lose on purpose. Hey, if I want to win, hit the switch. Watch this. You know what I mean? And just <laughs> hit the switch back. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he ba like you know what's funny? They're about to beat the Raiders. You know what? Turn the switch off. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Let's turn, send eight guys to the box. Turn the Screw switch this. off. We're, let me show you how we lose this thing. I lose when I want to lose. You know what I mean? Like, like, he's that phenomenal. But hey, glad to see you go, Adam Gaze. You're the butt of all jokes for many years. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, it's a run-on joke as well that players, life after Adam Gaze, they tend to flourish. Shout out to Devontae Parker. Shout out to, um, oh man, there's a whole long, long, long list of players that do better. Kenyon without. Drake, Kenyon Ryan Drake, uh, uh, Robbie Anderson. Uh, yeah, Robbie Anderson for sure. Yeah, so Man. maybe you know under that pretense, and with that said, maybe the Jets just as a whole without Adam Gaze, they're just gonna do that much better, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> it's funny enough that Steve McClendon and Le'Veon Bell, who both were let go in the middle of the year, are playing in the Super Bowl. So that's another yeah. Adam Gase effect. There. But let's be real, Le'Veon Bell's playing shitty. <laughs> oh, Le'Veon Bell sucks. But he, he, he just got he just got lucky that he's in, he's in uh, he's in Kansas City. Ironically, yeah. Well, man, Joe, thanks again, my brother. Uh, one more time before you before you dip, go ahead and let the people know where they can find you. Hell yeah, man. At Turn Up the Jets on Instagram, at Joe underscore Skirto at, uh, on Twitter, and at Turn Up the Facts on YouTube. A lot of names to remember, but if you want to find me on Instagram, that leads you to all my, all my platforms. So it will lead you to my, my Twitter, my YouTube, and even some of the uh, websites that I write in. So I, I write in a few websites too. So appreciate all the support. You could find me there. Yeah. And with that said, Playmakers, I'm going to have all the links in the description of this episode. This, this has been the Real Fantasy Playmakers Shout out to the new uh to the to the uh San Francisco uh New York uh uh Jets. Um y'all man, y'all take care of Robert Sala. I'm I I'm a little sour still, but uh I'm gonna be excited to 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 beat the LaMichael the LaMichael P. Ryan drum as a, a, a like a like a, a, a late round flyer like in fantasy. I'm, I can already hear myself. Listen, Chris Herndon. You know, round fifteen sleeper tight end. You know what I mean? He's gonna be he's in on the, the Shanahan. He's on the Jet Niners, whatever you want to yeah. call them. The Jets are Niners. I, I'm gonna have so much fun with this shit, bro. Uh, but hey, man, Joe, thanks again. You have a good one, brother. Let me let me close this thing out.